Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And where are we off to today, Lucy? We're off to Mexico. Yes. Have you been? No, I've not been to Mexico, but I really want to go because one of our colleagues at DK Witness, Wonderful Jordan, who's a very talented designer, she's just come back from Mexico City and... I mean, I was—I really wanted to go beforehand, obviously, but um, now she's just been saying like the food and the art and the mm-hmm. scenery and the people. She had the best time, so I really want to go, James. <laughs> I'm adding it to the list. I mean, we, we've been—we've been talking about a, a sort of Mexico City like a local at some point. That's what, exactly what Jordan was saying because she works in the series. So she was like, "This is perfect for like a local." Um, so watch this space. It's such a such a sizable country as well. I mean, it's it's a bit ambitious getting it, this all into this country into one part. One episode, podcast, definitely. But, um, but you'll you'll hear why, yeah. listener, why we've chosen to do, to try and do that. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but um, but you know, it's it's almost like where do you start with with Mexico and where do you go and how do you get that sense of it as well? Like, um, yeah. you know, there's a there's there's a lot to pack in there. Well, I'm hoping our guest, I think our guest will do a fantastic job of this. Yes, yes. Uh, so listeners, as you know, from the, the first episode of season five, we're particularly highlighting how we can protect the places we love in this series. Uh, so we're really excited about this week's guest who who's done a lot in that kind of space. And yeah, this is kind of why we're doing a whole country guide, because this person has recently been doing looking at a lot of projects in Mexico. Uh, so without further ado, who is it, Lucy? So we've got Imogen LaPere. So Imogen is an award-winning travel writer with a particular interest in sustainability. Her book, The Ethical Traveller, 100 Ways to Roam the World Without Ruining It, offers tips to help us protect the planet and support communities while travelling. After living with a commune on a Thai island, couch surfing around Scandinavia, 
Riding the Trans-Mongolian Railway and spending a summer with a nudist colony in Greece, Imogen has now settled in Mexico, where she joins us from today. So welcome, Imogen. Hi. Hello. Welcome, Imogen. Uh, what an introduction as well. I know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so as usual, we're going to begin by learning a little bit more about Imogen, followed by the all-important recommendations on where to go and insider knowledge of Mexico. Then we'll hear what it's been like recently in Mexico and how you can travel there more thoughtfully when visiting the country. Country. Imogen, what was it that drew you to Mexico? Why why are you there? Um, yeah, I think perhaps my story is a little bit different from some of the other guests that I've heard in previous <laughs> episodes because okay, okay. I don't actually have any family ties to Mexico. And when I went there, I had no intention of staying. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, I've been kind of traveling for about 12 years now and for the last five years I've been living in a lot of different countries so I've been I lived yeah. in Thailand Australia um, Italy and most recently Cape Verde in West Africa oh. and when I was there um, I started to get really interested in sailing because Cape Verde is um, It's the most western point of Africa and it's where the sailors stop to refuel before crossing the Atlantic to either the Caribbean or Brazil. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, so I'm always looking for ways to travel with less carbon and I thought I'd be interested in finding if sailing could be a way that I could kind of take my travelling lifestyle in a more eco-friendly direction. And I basically had an opportunity to sail from Cuba to Mexico. So, yeah, so that's how I got there. And we landed in Merida, and my intention was definitely not to stick around in Mexico. I'm quite interested in regenerative agriculture. Mm. And, yeah, I had visions of um, pursuing that in Portugal and sailing back to Europe. But something about Mexico really, really, really got under my skin in the way that it hasn't with any other destination. I mean, I've loved everywhere I've been in the last 12 years, but something about Mexico has kept me and made me want to stay. And I see myself being here indefinitely. So I only moved here in June 2022. So I don't have kind of years of experience or family ties or anything, but I do have a lot of enthusiasm for my new home. I have traveled pretty widely while I've been here. Um, And I have a lot, a lot of Mexican friends. Mexicans are incredibly hospitable, incredibly warm and welcoming. uh, And they have really strong communities. So that's what's kept me, basically. No, it's fantastic. And it's it's quite, I mean, it's quite different for the podcast as well. Almost hearing from someone towards the start of their kind of living experience in a new place that, Mm. that, and you know, you've chosen to live there indefinitely, which is, which is quite a big step to take when you, when you, when you've been moving around quite a bit in the last few years. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting to, to hear about kind of, you know, what's really kept you there and those communities too um and what part of mexico have you spent the most time in so far so i live in nayarit which is a small state on the pacific coast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i think it's got the best beaches in mexico i know cancun would be outraged by that but that's (laughs) that's what i think um and it's also the birthplace of aztec civilization Mm. imogen what is the thing that you love most about nayarit so The Riviera Nayarit is this kind of stretch of coastline that has countless stunning beaches. Like it really is like a pearl necklace just laid along the Pacific coast. And we've got the um, Sierra Madre Mountains 
and then just running down through the jungle to these beautiful white sand beaches. Um, so I really, really love that. Um, and some of the best, or some of the ones that I love the most, are Punta Negra, Malpaso, Litibu, and Cay Mixto, which can only be reached by boat. Um, and yeah, it's got lots of cute little pueblos as well, um, like San Pancho and Pineta and Guayabitos. Um, and it's just a cool blend of surf, hippie um, and kind of traditional fishing culture. And I, I really like that blend. Awesome. Cool. So um, the Huicholes are the direct descendants of the Aztecs. They're the indigenous people of Nayarit. Mm. Um, and they a lot live in traditional communities in the Sierra Madre Mountains. Um, mm. And I find that fascinating as well. And um, a big part of how they've managed to protect their culture is by selling these incredible artworks. They make beautiful clothes and they also make wooden sculptures covered in tiny beads. And each design is unique. Um, and many of them are based on the psychedelic experiences they have when they take peyote, which is um, mm -hmm. a type of psychedelic cactus, which they um, is very sacred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love that indigenous culture as well. Um, and then we border Jalisco, and that's got a city there called Guadalajara, which mm -hmm. is my nearest big city. Um, and it's not really on the radar of most uh, English or American travellers, um, but it's really, really cool. And there's a neighbourhood there called Colonia Americana, which is kind of emerging as an alternative to Roma in Mexico City for arts. Mm. Um, and it's got the most famous electronic music venue in Central America, which is called Las Americanas. Cool. So I like to go there for a night out every so often. Awesome. That's such a good mix. That's like kind of everything. So you've kind of gone from, well, the, the descendants of Aztecs all the way to modern electro <laughs> electronic, electronic music. music. That's awesome. Uh, well, let's find out a little bit more about Mexico with some of your best things to do. So to kick things off, Imogen, we're going to ask you to take us through a quick fire tour of Mexico. It's a big, big country. Um, I know you've only been there for part of the last year as well, but we're going to name a couple of categories and you have to suggest just one thing to do. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so I'm going to start off with your favourite thing to see. Sumadero Canyon, Chiapas. Tell us more about that. Okay, so Chiapas is one of these states that um, is just really exceptional when it comes to nature experiences. Um, it's the forests are known as the lungs of Mexico. Mm. Um, and this canyon is, yeah, it's in a beautiful national park. Um, and yeah, you can take a boat trip through the canyon. There are crocodiles and herons and it's just pretty stunning. Um, and Chiapas also has lots of traditional artisans as well. So it's a really good mix of traditional crafts and amazing nature experiences. Very good answer. That sounds perfect, yeah. absolutely perfect. Your favourite thing to drink? Um, I'm going to give you two, I'm afraid, and you can pick your favourite. Okay, okay. <laughs> so number one would have to be mezcal from Oaxaca, um, particularly yes. okay. from yeah. Tabala or Habali agave. Um, so mezcal is very similar to tequila, but it has way more of an earthy, uh, minerally taste because the agave is baked for way longer, basically. Oh. And then for the non-alcoholic answer, I absolutely love atole, which is a pre-Columbian corn drink, and it's got a consistency like custard. 
and it's flavoured with cinnamon and vanilla or cacao and it's just super duper comforting and I really enjoy that. Ooh. Is that drunk cold or hot? Hot. hot. Oh, lovely. Oh. Yeah. Does it does it actually have the consistency of custard? Is it that thick? Or it's is it... just like custard. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, when you're up in the mountains or something, it's just incredibly comforting and, and really ancient, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll let you get away with the two uh, two options there. That's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it is a whole country. Um, this might be quite tricky as well. Uh, your favourite thing to eat? Tacos has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I absolutely love tacos de pastor, which is kind of like chorizo, or lengua, which is tongue. And they're kind of both very popular in the centre of Mexico. Great, great answer. Absolutely love a taco. Your favourite day activity, Imogen? Um, I think it has to be seeing the monarch butterflies wintering in the pine forests in Michoacan, which is a few hours outside of Mexico City. Um, And yeah, every, every year they make the journey from California, millions and millions of butterflies, and they spend, I think it's November to March, just kind of sitting in these pine forests, like fluttering their wings, like absorbing the sunlight. And it's really beautiful. That is the best answer we've ever <laughs> had to that question. I love it. Wow. I mean, what's weird as well is uh, at DK, we, we, I also work on a lot of children's books at DK and we've got one called Amazing Animal Journeys. And that is actually one of the journeys that we've got in there too. So I hey, found out about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that's fascinating. That's, that's such a good answer. That sounds incredible. Good answer. Great answer. And your favourite museum or gallery? I love the muralism art movement in Mexico. So muralism, all the galleries have murals in, but it's actually just out and about on the streets and in the public buildings. And it has its roots in Mesoamerican culture, of course. They they use murals Mm -hmm. to decorate their temples. Um, But then it was in the revolution, in the kind of 1920s, the government employed loads of mural artists to create a new visual identity for Mexico. Um, and as a feminist slash equalist, I'm particularly interested in works by female painters um, because all the great muralists, most notably Diego Rivera, are men. Mm. Um, yeah. But I can tell you where to find some by female painters in Mexico City, if, if that's works. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so it. there's one by Grace Greenwood, which is in a market called Abelardo Rodriguez Market. Um, and there's another in the National Anthropology Museum by a Polish-Mexican artist called Fanny Rabal. Um, and yeah, I love them. But there are free, free murals all over. And many of the shops in Mexico City paint murals instead of having signs. So a shoe shop will have a mural of shoes on it and yeah, I think that's really cool. So cool. That's really cool. And well done. And, and as huge as Mexico is, passing the <laughs> <laughs> passing the quickfire round with flying colours. Yeah, that with, was... with flying colours. Absolutely. That was brilliant. Um, and obviously, I know Imogen, we keep saying this, but Mexico is a big country. But what for sort of newcomers to people who, you know, are first time to Mexico, what are sort of some of the highlights that you recommend that they shouldn't miss? Well, I think it does make sense to start in Mexico City in the Roma and La Condesa neighbourhoods, which are Mm. very gorgeous, Um, and in Coyoacan, where Frida Kahlo's house is. Um, And then I also think Oaxaca, and I'm talking both the city and the state here. Um, The city is a hotbed of craft and food, 
Uh, so it's home of mole, which are these amazing sauces, mm. which uh, they never have less than 30 ingredients and often they have up to 100. <laughs> so they're basically just masterclasses <laughs> wow. in balance and every woman has her own recipe. Okay. Um, and yeah, they also, it's, it's home to loads of amazing um, artisans, so um, particularly weavers. Actually, the rug behind me is from there. Love it. It's beautiful. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, also home to Barrow Negro pottery, and that's um, a a kind of ceramics made from black clay. Mm. And then I think Baja California. This is the one that you'll recognise from films. It's kind of the island of Mexico. It's a peninsula, and it's like the home of iconic Mexican road trips. Mm. And it's where you see those desert landscapes with the cact- cactuses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and you can just drive there and pull up on amazing beaches and in sand dunes and camp. And um, there's also beautiful diving in the Sea of Cortez. Um, and also another one is San Cristobal. Um, which is this amazing mountain town, which uh, has had this incredible art scene for a long time. Um, it it had the first art school in the Americas, and it's it's still a real hotspot for arts. So yeah, a whole kind of like huge arty tour yes. almost. <laughs> yeah, you can tell what I'm into. Um, <laughs> but and when it comes to beaches, obviously I'm saying the Riviera Nayarit, my home turf. Yeah. But if you want to head down to the Yucatan Peninsula, mm. I would give Tulum and Cancun a wide berth um, because, well, I personally feel Cancun's like a textbook example of mass tourism gone mm. wrong. Um, and instead head to Bacala, which is a kind of a series of beautiful lakes and lagoons, which have white sand beaches, but it's fresh water, not seawater. Um, and there's some really cool little eco boutique hotels opening down there. Perfect. That sounds amazing. I often think with like, um, I don't know, Mexico is such, not just that we'll keep saying this, huge country, but also like has enormous coastlines on both sides. Yeah, the destination you hear about all the time is Cancun yeah. and the Yucatan. And, um, and actually, it's really interesting just to hear about like kind of experience exploring further and get, and going both inwards and and along as well um and what are some of mexico's kind of best kept secrets as well is there anything that is like hugely under the radar that you've discovered in your time there yes <laughs> i would say chacawa lagoon it's in oaxaca state and it's incredible it's it's a national park mm-hmm. um and it's a super important place for migrating birds but It's kind of, um, you get boats through these mangrove tunnels. There are loads of crocodiles and loads of bioluminescent algae. Yeah. And there's there's an island in the middle with a little town with around 400 people. Very traditional, not touristy at all. Um, And the only places to stay are some little like wooden eco cabins. Um, And there's great surf. Uh, And it's just a really special place. you know, Mexico is, I guess in some ways, it's the most Western of the Latin American countries mm. because it's culturally and geographically the closest to the United yeah. States. Um, and in some ways that makes it more accessible if you're a traveller who isn't from Latin America and doesn't speak Spanish. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can you can see overdevelopment happening in various areas, um, and Chicago is just a really amazing 
example of somewhere that's very traditional, incredibly beautiful, um, and just at the start of its tourism journey and seems keen to, to do that in an eco-friendly way. Mm. There's no mass development being planned. It's all very small scale, uh, kind of glamping, I would say. Um, And then about two hours drive away on the same coast, this is less of a secret, but a good one to know, is Mazunte, which is this little hippie surf town um, with some cute little independent mescalerias. Um, The beaches have red cliffs and they're very beautiful at sunset um, and there's some nice little boutique hotels and I think it's a it's a good place if you want a, a nice holiday mm. yeah um, but not a kind of mass touristy yeah. one fantastic wonderful how have you picked up all this information in like <laughs> in the space <laughs> yeah. of eight months that's quite incredible you've been busy Imogen. you've been so busy <laughs> yeah well I've got loads of Mexican friends and yeah. they Mexicans Many of them don't ever leave Mexico, but they all travel quite widely within Mexico. Yeah. Um, so I've had the chance to travel with a lot of locals um, and get their tips. So then how about when it comes to travelling around? Can you give us any practical tips for then actually travelling around? Most definitely. Um, so I'm going to say it now. Mexico is just unbelievably bafflingly huge and the public transport (laughs) thank god you said it we've said it (laughs) yeah the public transport is um in certain regions it's okay actually in riviera nayarit where i live it's okay Mm. but for them it really doesn't cover most of the country so in general i would say it's best to choose a region and hire your own car um Mm -hmm. because taxis are also pretty expensive um Mm. i would say that uh hertz is the most reliable car rental company in mexico they're more expensive than some of the others but Mm. they don't hold you hostage over um imagined scratches and they don't um many of the other companies will um try and take ten thousand pound deposits from you and stuff like that and they're mm. there's basically they're quite corrupt yeah so hertz is straight okay. so i would recommend that um and you avoid driving at night for safety because um people do drive very very fast and there's a lot more accidents at night okay But I would say as well, there is a massive culture of hitchhiking um, because there's not much public transport. Um, So I do hitchhike around their place where I live. Mm. Um, But obviously there are safety concerns as a solo woman doing that. So it's always best to let someone know um, where you're going. Sometimes I'll even take a photo of the number plate, kind of obviously. So obviously there is um, a cartel presence throughout the whole of Mexico. Um, The fact is that they are not normally interested in tourists. In fact, in many places, the cartel protects the tourist industry because they have business arrangements and business interests. So in many places, as a tourist, you're super protected. It's more dangerous for locals. Um, Of course, there are accidents where tourists become involved in cartel clashes and that's that is a fact um and but there are measures you can do to protect yourself um 
being alert in cities and sticking to more crowded routes at night and just stretching to a taxi at night um, yeah. is a good idea. That's really good to know. Yeah, being aware of your wallet when you get on public transport because there's quite a lot of pickpocketing some some places. Um, and for women, so Mexico is it does have a culture of uh, machismo. Um, and it is one of the places in the world with a higher rate of femicides, um, which is obviously very tragic. Um, but I have found that um, Mexicans are quite, they're fairly, as a culture, kind of comfortable with confrontation. <laughs> so, um, you know, men will flirt, they will wolf whistle, they will stare. But if you say to them, if you don't show you're intimidated and you say you're making me uncomfortable, stop or go away they they are very responsive to that i've noticed okay. more than other places yeah that's really useful to know because yeah i don't know I, th I think a lot of travelers will have heard things about mexico and and yeah it's good to it's good to kind of be have well have those top tips and be wary when you're when you're traveling across to, so you can really appreciate it as well because i don't know you've just given us a list of so many more reasons to actually go to mexico exactly i guess yeah exactly imagine you've such, done such a good job of selling how wonderful um mexico is it's just them being mindful of these things when they're yeah so that was brilliant to hear like end that section with um with just a couple of practical tips about traveling around the country as well very very all important tra practical tips uh and now we're going to hear even more practical tips about how to travel mexico sustainably Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many are drawn to Mexico for its pristine beaches, but exploring inland reveals a treasure trove of natural wonders from vast canyons to snow-capped volcanoes. And when it comes to vibrancy, few places in the world can match the energy of Mexico City. So whatever your dream trip to Mexico entails, your DKR Witness Travel Guide makes sure you experience all that the country has to offer. Get your copy of DKR Witness Mexico wherever you get your books, or find it via the link in our episode bio. Imogen, we know you're passionate about ethical travel. You've already sort of touched on that earlier. Can you share more tips on how travellers can explore um, more responsibly when they visit Mexico? Yes. Um, well, I thought before answering this question, it makes sense to explain a bit more about what I mean by ethical travel. Yeah. Um, so I deliberately talk about ethical travel rather than sustainable travel. Um because I think when most people hear the word sustainable, they think uh, protecting the environment and they think carbon. Yeah. Um, and I think that the real opportunity of tourism is to promote social change. Um, and by 
promoting social change, you're actually protecting the environment. I've got some really good examples of that in Mexico. But um, basically, I feel engaging with small communities in a meaningful way is the backbone of being an ethical traveller. Um, uh, it's, it's a way of kind of putting your money straight in the economies of these of places where maybe they don't have reliable cash economies. And it also means far more memorable and authentic experiences for the traveller. Mm. Um, mm. So in my opinion, the pinnacle of ethical travel is community-run tourism, um, ideally run in a cooperative model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, everyone in the community is receiving a share of the money from your visit. Um, and for me, this is so much fairer than... For example, voluntourism, which kind of has its roots in colonial ideas. Um, When you're supporting a community-run tourism project, you're acknowledging that those in the community are equals who are offering an incredible experience that's worth paying for. They're not victims who need your support as an act of your goodwill. And the best example I think I've seen anywhere, really, is the Pueblos Mancomunados in the Sierra Norte Mountains in Oaxaca. Okay. Um, so it's a group of eight Zapotec villages, um, and they've been running this ecotourism program since the 90s, where you hike between the villages and you stay in a guest house in each village, um, kind of in between hikes. And it's all run on a cooperative system. So everyone in the community benefits financially. Mm. And they all take it in turns to help run it. So it's, they call it community service. And actually, when someone gets married, the man will do a year working in the ecotourism project. Ah. Um, yeah, so that's super cool. And um, yeah, you hike through you have a different guide each day who, who leads you through their homeland so they can they know the forest super well and they'll teach you about medicinal plants as you go and um, point out different mushrooms and different trees and the cabins are super cute and they're heated by wood-burning fires Lovely. and it's really gorgeous um, and um, you can book that through Sierra Norte expeditions that's run by the these Mm. communities Um, and I've been following a project called Pueblo del Sol in Oaxaca Um, and basically a a man called Ezekiel Saforza founded it because Mm -hmm. he realised that a lot of the indigenous people in the area were having to leave their homelands to move to the cities to find work Mm -hmm. Um, and so he kind of wanted to create this eco project that would create work and allow them to stay um so yeah at the moment it employs 30 people and they grow like vanilla and coffee and cacao using agroforestry um and they've recently started offering ecotourism there and i'm really keen to get there next because i think that that looks really beautiful fantastic another company that's really really useful i think is local travels so it's l-o-k-a-l Mm -hmm. Um, And they're an online platform that has an amazing selection of community-run tourism experiences throughout Latin America. Cool. And that can kind of save trawling through the back end of Facebook for Spanish Facebook pages. Um, That's the problem with community-run tourism. Yeah. 
that's what I was going to say. I think it, for from listeners' point of views, I'm sure sometimes they want to do this kind of stuff, but it's just not knowing where to begin. So it's that's the awareness. Why it's a yeah. One-stop it's... shops are really helpful uh, online to sort of have someone tell you exactly this is where you should go. This is what you should do. And, and listeners, if uh, Imogen's okay with it, we'll pop a couple of those links in uh, in the show description as well. So if you want to follow up on some of those programs, because they sound wonderful and really good ways of like engaging with the. The local community, but also just um, just having having wonderful, yeah. unique experiences yourself too. Experience-wise, then, are there any um, events on sort of Mexico's calendar that listeners should you know head over for? Um, well, the big one of twenty twenty three that everyone's very excited about is the launch of the Mayan train, um, mm. which has been in the works since twenty twenty and is truly apparently now opening in december it's been delayed a few times um tell us more but yes as we touched on there isn't much public transport in mexico at at the moment um and this is the first leg of a network that's going to run throughout the the south of the country um but this particular stretch goes from palenque which has some really cool mayan ruins to the beaches of cancun via Chichen Itza, um, which is the most important archaeological site in Mexico. Mm. Um, I heard in an idiot abroad, they described it as a pyramid with a bungalow on top. (laughs) But it's like, (laughs) it's, which, to be fair, it does look a bit like that, but it's a super sacred, super important Mayan site. It was one of the largest Mayan city states. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. That's the big one. Um, and then, of course, there's um, the events that happen every year, like Day of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is, it, is it worth visiting Day of the Dead? And when is, to be really specific, when exactly is Day of the Dead as well? <laughs> November the 1st and November the 2nd. But I would say the whole Day of the Dead thing, I feel there's been a bit of a Western misunderstanding of what it is. Mm. Um largely um created by james bond i think Um, i was literally thinking of that james bond scene which is ridiculous yeah so um the biggest celebrations are in oaxaca and there are big street parades and people do build altars and stuff but it's um it's a kind of sad day when people remember their loved Mm. ones they've lost (laughs) like um they build altars with pictures of their loved ones and like little things that remind them of them and kind of um meditate on their own mortality and the fact we are all going to die and um yeah so i'm it's not some big lash up fiesta i don't know like yeah um it's very culturally interesting um and i think it gets to the heart of something i love about mexico um which is this um this kind of magical surrealist feeling um my favorite book is called pedro paramo and it's by juan rulfo and he was kind of one of the very early latin american magical surrealist writers Mm -hmm. and over the course of the book you start to realize that actually all the characters are ghosts um and yeah i think mexico is a bit like that in the sense that magic is just really accepted part of everyday life here and that's one of the reasons it's kind of wormed its way into my imagination in quite a unique way um so 
yeah, people take ritual very seriously. There are kind of little shrines everywhere, like along every road, there'll mm. be little shrines to all the people who've died in car accidents there. Um, and yeah, there's uh, kind of lots and lots of myths that in other places would just be myths. Here, they kind of take on a sense of reality mm. that's quite unique. So, for example, there's a woman called Leorona who is a ghost who drowned her children and then regretted it and walks the streets crying. And she's a very popular and big character in people's minds here. And um, when you're in a rural place in Mexico, you do hear these strange noises at night, whether they're dogs or the wind or people crying. And I don't know, I think it's just such an epic place. It's very easy to, especially if you've got a slight imagination, it's very easy to get caught up in this narrative of magic and spirits and the worlds between death and life not being quite as solid as they are in Western Western minds. And that's one of the things I love. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. And I think, um, as you say, like I kind of had a feeling that Day of the Dead was much more than like a kind mm. of post-Halloween party lash-up, as you said. But it's um, it's interesting that it taps into like a little bit of that kind of Mexican, that sort of magical culture as well. It's wonderful. It's lovely. And yeah, I think that brings us to a really nice point I mean, we keep saying it, it's a big country, we can't cover everything, but I feel like that was just an incredible introduction to Mexico. And I mean, what a year you've had. <laughs> and uh, can't, Bonkers. Can't imagine what uh, what you'll be talking about after a couple more years as well. But it's it's great that you've clearly like kind of put yourself into Mexican culture, like really become a student of it. And it'd be fantastic to see kind of where you go next. And also a huge thank you, Imogen, for giving us so many practical tips on how yes. we can all travel more ethically. That's really important so thank you so much so a huge huge thank you to Imogen thank you Imogen that was so great to have so many tips on traveling around Mexico and also traveling sustainably or to use her word ethically so um, lots of really helpful advice for us and for listeners and we said right at the top of the episode like there was there was there's yeah. lots to do in Mexico. We're not going to get it covered in one in one podcast episode. But I think Imogen sort of tried, and I, yeah, and did I a think great she job. She sort of tried to cover a lot of Mexico yeah. in eight months as well, which was quite quite uh, quite remarkable, really. So yeah, I hope, listener, you enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, and if you want to follow more of Imogen's adventures, you can do so on Instagram at Imogen Lepere Writer, uh, or on Twitter at I Lepere, or on her website. Uh, com, and if you're interested in a few of the schemes that Imogen yeah. talked about in that last section of the podcast as well you can find some of those in the episode description we'll pop them right in there also just to mention obviously Imogen did transport us to somewhere completely different and obviously there were noises yeah we don't we, <laughs> we don't know if it turned up on the on the recording or not so yeah we we, we do get transported we to really, these places really on the podcast <laughs> it's, um, yeah. And also, actually, while we're still talking, I would really like to champion Imogen's book, The Ethical Traveller, 100 Ways to Roam the World Without Ruining It. It's online and it's available at all good bookshops. Go and buy it. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, where are we going next, Lucy? Oh, so actually, we're off to Thessaloniki and the Greek islands. Oh, excellent. So a bit of mainland, a bit of Greek islands, trying to fit it in. We've got a brilliant expert who'll be able to really sort of transport us there too. So you can join us for that in a fortnight, listener. And until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we shall see you very soon.
Where to Go is a podcast from DK Witness. It was produced by Julia Baker, presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson with the help of Bella Tolbert. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please like and follow the show. And if you have time, leave a review. Your support means so much to us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.